Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. One of the most encouraging aspects of the Christian life is that God promises He will work all things out for our good and for His glory. Well, what happens when there are moments in life when we feel as if God Himself has forsaken us, when He has deserted us or left us? What do we do in those moments? Thomas Watson observes that desertion sets the soul seeking after God. When Christ was departed, the spouse pursues after Him. He's reminding us that the bride of Christ is the church, and so when God seems absent, we go looking to say, where have you gone? Have you really forsaken us? This is where the psalmist takes us, but he reminds us that in the face of even feelings of desertion from God Himself, there is hope when we remind ourselves of His faithfulness and look forward to what He will do. Psalm 22, to the choir master according to the doe of the dawn, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, from the words of my groaning? O my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver himself. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me, and they have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones, and they stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. 
May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. In this psalm, we see first the sorrow of the heart that is deserted. The Bible is never ashamed or afraid to go to the deepest and darkest corners of our heart. In fact, desertion puts us upon an inquiry about where God is. Desertion, though, will also work for our good. It ultimately gives us a sight of what this prophetic psalm is pointing us to, Jesus' very sacrifice. Watson again says, If the sipping of the cup be so bitter, how bitter was that which Christ drank upon the cross? He drank a cup of deadly poison, which made him cry out in Matthew 27, 46, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? None can so appreciate Christ's sufferings. None can be so fired with love to Christ as those who have been humbled by desertion and have been held over the flames of hell for a time. Desertion works for good as it prepares the saints for future comfort. Thomas is reminding us here that God is working all things for good, even in the face of what seems like the worst possible outcome. David is in the midst, in the throes of forsakenness, desertion, and he's asking God, why are you so far away? Do you not even hear me? I cry by day and by night, and I don't find rest, I don't find answers. And sometimes we don't find answers. Sometimes there are moments where we sit in what feels like desertion. But what does David do? Does he simply despair and he gives up and he says, well, then I guess you're not listening and I will just continue on with my life as if, as if nothing has happened. No, David reminds his heart of who God is. He reminds himself of God's very attributes, his holiness, his being enthroned on the praises of Israel. And he reminds himself that his fathers, those who have gone before the Old Testament saints, trusted in God, and he delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. This is such a wonderful realization for all believers, that there is an army of saints who has gone before us, who are rejoicing in the presence of God at this very moment, because they endured those seasons of doubt and feeling like they were forsaken. David recognizes his own guilt before God, that there's no reason, no claim that he can lay upon God. He says, I'm just a worm and not a man. I'm scorned by mankind. He feels the depths of this pain, and he's honest with God about it. But he also reminds himself of the hope that remains even in this most dark of times. Ultimately, of course, we're pointed toward the glorious truth that Jesus fulfilled this kind of brokenness. He even experienced it. He knows what it is like to feel this separatedness, this brokenness, to be poured out like water. On the cross, Jesus' hands indeed were pierced, as the psalmist responds about himself feeling like this, to be pierced, to be 
even having his clothes, his garments, being divided among those who hate him, and even casting lots for his clothing. Isn't that incredible to think about thousands of years before Jesus actually comes to the earth, we find the psalmist saying exactly what would happen. The prophecy of the psalm is incredible. But then again, he reminds himself that God will save those who cry out to him, who call out for his rescue, for his deliverance. And then, after the pain and the sorrow, comes the return to a trust in God, and God then delivers. All the ends of the earth remember to turn to the Lord, and they worship him. The worship of God brings hope out of agony. It brings grace out of fear. It brings the hope of eternal life to those who turn and trust in Jesus Christ. The prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him, bow down. All those who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Remember last psalm, we heard about David talking about his eternal life. Well, eventually David died, but one did not. One died and yet did not stay dead. Jesus Christ fulfills this wonderful promise of being alive, and all that come to him will have the hope of the final verse of this psalm, that they will proclaim his righteousness, that he has done it. What has he done? Achieved perfect righteousness and grace for his people, forgiveness for those who put their faith and trust in the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. This psalm, above so many others, reminds us immediately of the cross, and it should cause us to rejoice, to take heart in the midst of suffering, and even in seasons where we feel deserted. God's not ignoring you. He's still working. Will we trust Him even in those seasons? Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this psalm. Thank You for reminding us of the cross, where the ultimate agony was faced by Jesus, that he bore the wrath that we deserved. Father, I thank you for showing your grace, for showing us mercy even when it was undeserved. What a wonderful reminder, Lord, that even when we feel alone and deserted, you're not gone. You're present. You are with us in the trials and in the suffering. May we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith the one who brings us closer to the realization that all things work together for good. Even those things that bring pain are not lost in the grand design that you have for us. May we surrender to your kingship. Lord, may we remember the faithfulness of past generations and look to you, reminding ourselves daily that you have done it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.